ready for the interview. And if you get a cue live on a laptop, watch what I'm gonna do. Welcome to the show, let them know we got a point of view. Hey, yo, let's have a combo. Say what you feel, be real, that's the motto. Real talk, pronto, Dr. D, PhD, hit the intro. Hold up, wait, gotta be social. Network global, a home for the locals. Gotta be social. Network global, a home for the locals. That's how you get it done, my friends. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I want to memorize that so that the next time I can <laughs> sing along. I, can't, I, I have it close to memorized. It's you get it close, right? My yeah. brother did an awesome job, man. He's an he awesome did. dude, man. He is. Crushed He's it, amazing. Man. He's doing some uh, more of this stuff for some other podcasts because people hear it. Really? And they go, oh, I want to do that. I want one yeah, of those. Yeah, like, that's awesome. Why not, man? So, Simon, we're back. And a new we're interface, back. and we're amazing, as usual. <laughs> After lots of confusion, we're well, here. Well, your interface was, uh, you know, <laughs> just an issue sometimes. I, I've always got some kind of issue, it feels like. Mm. It feels like, uh, you know, I'm always up to something. Uh, which, I mean, when I say that, I don't mean up to something like I'm, I'm purposefully up to something. I just mean... I've done something wrong. That's all I mean. I was supposed <laughs> to do something right, and of course I didn't. And, <laughs> of course you didn't. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Par for the course. <laughs> the chaos master over here. Yes. <laughs> Jeez, Simon. <laughs> wow. I told somebody recently that my God is mischief. <laughs> Capital M. You can't be Loki. Come on. <laughs> No, I'm not the god of mischief. I, my my god is mischief, though. I, I, you know, <laughs> and and it's not like a god I worship. It's just like it. It, I feel like it's it has the most control in my life. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. There, you, there's always something going on in your mind that I'm like very curious about. And uh, <laughs> oh, I have an episode that I think you're gonna love. That I have well, it's not until June, but it's this lady who um, she's like a logical atheist. That's oh. what she tells herself, and and she as opposed to an irrational atheist, or a... <laughs> that's I. I don't know. These are the people that just come into my life. You know? I love it. I love it. I was yeah. just telling somebody recently. I was saying, you know, the easiest thing in my life would be to not believe in anything. <laughs> like that would be the easiest thing, really. Right. I mean, because being spiritual including spirituality into our lives at least for me can't speak for everybody else but for me including spirituality in my life that is what requires a suspension of disbelief for me it's like watching yeah. a movie where i have to just like kind of go with it <laughs> you know it's like well right. i know this isn't gonna do anything but i'm just gonna go with it <laughs> <laughs> right it's in many ways harder and so this lady her whole thing is that uh, she didn't believe in an afterlife or anything like that, but then her dad passed away, and so she like voraciously started researching the science behind the afterlife, and she believes there's an overwhelming evidence for it. So anyways, I'm going to talk to her about it and stuff like How that. How interesting. I, I, I love that. Um, yeah. You know, I uh, out of my own curiosity, I've listened to quite a few debates between atheists and Christian, and sometimes not atheists and Christians, and and sometimes the debate isn't, does the afterlife exist? The debate is, is there evidence 
of it. Yeah. Because you can believe in something with no evidence. That has nothing to do with your belief. So the question, uh, even with um, uh, the resurrection of Jesus, is there actual evidence? Like, could you make a case for this, a legal case for the resurrection of Jesus? Is there, you know, ample enough actual evidence and not just people making claims, unsubstantiated claims? It's an interesting conversation. And those are the kind of conversations I I like. I feel like I have no skin in the game. Yeah. Because I, I, you know, um, whether or not it's true, I, I I wouldn't be surprised either way. Mm, gotcha. Is there a God? Is there not a God? If I died and nothing happened, I wouldn't be surprised. If yeah. I died and I end up confronting a God who's like, man, you really got got a lot wrong and, and we have to have a conversation, I wouldn't be surprised about that either. <laughs> If I died and, and I end up, uh, it, you know, in hell, I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be like, well, I mean, I, you know, somebody had to be right and other people had to be wrong. It must have been those weird conversations <laughs> in coffee shops you were having. Like <laughs> dressing up in train stations. <laughs> I mean, weird so, combos. Yeah, nothing will surprise me at this point. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Well, I think you'd be interested in this conversation because I want to dive into it, you know, and, um, kind of get that take from someone who pretty hardcore not into it and then hardcore into the afterlife but still considers himself a logical atheist uh so yeah, very very interesting interesting like how, conversation how do you yeah okay yeah i don't have to keep pushing you it because okay. you're gonna have the conversation i'm gonna have it but my wheels are turning my wheels are Yes, I knew you would th- find this very interesting. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, I, I, I literally when I booked it, I was like, oh, this is a Simon episode. Like, this is, this is a discussion. Yeah, I, I want to be like a fly on the wall and just, <laughs> you know, and be like, the, you know, they're alive and just be like, and, and then like come and whisper in your ear. It's like, you know, ask her this. It's <laughs> like having ear, another this. earpiece. Yeah, in. yeah, exactly. <laughs> like well, Simon. Yeah. Okay, okay, Simon. <laughs> like like our, our newscaster, this just in. Simon wants to know. This just uh, in. Yeah. Simon has created more chaos in his life. No one's shocked. <laughs> um, so we're today. Oh I'm sorry. I know my phone was going off and stuff too. Ugh. <laughs> I so have today, these alarms to help me yeah. remember when to pick up my children on certain days. But I put I, it, the alarm on every day so that I don't yeah. mess it up. Anyway, I'm the same on, way today. though, man. Actually, yeah. I'm the very exact same way. It's like an alarm <laughs> city in my house. Man, yeah, this stuff. <laughs> but we're talking eighty. We're all movies growing up that uh, we just planned this episode. Literally, <laughs> we did. We did. We decided we're really bad at our job. Yeah, and so, um, well, you know, I, 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 there were movies that I was thinking about doing, and then I forgot to talk to you about those. And then there were movies that were coming out in the theater, and I was contemplating should I tell Darian, let's go, you know, watch this movie. Yeah, and then I was like, I don't even know if any of these movies are worth going to the theater. I, I just <laughs> probably not. Probably not. So I was just like, eh. I so anyway, then time mm. passes. Imagine yeah. that time just time passes, passes, and you're. You're in your Airbnb moving yeah, and, and, crazy. Um, crazy. and I'm sitting by the phone waiting for you to message me. Just waiting like a great 80s rom-com. <laughs> waiting <Yeah>. by the <laughs> landline. 
<laughs> for me to call. Yeah, exactly. Get off the phone, Mom. Yeah. I'm waiting for a phone call. <laughs> for you younger people, that actually happened, just so you know. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, lots of fights with siblings growing up over the, the landline. Yeah, um, most definitely. So, but yeah, we... You know, so I messaged you and I said, hey, let's talk about dumb movies that have a lot of heart. Yeah. Because I feel like the 80s kind of specialized in that. Don't don't you feel like they're... Most definitely. They're like, because, and I feel like they learned a lot from the 70s that had a lot of really cheesy movies that tried to have a lot of heart. They weren't necessarily comedies. Sometimes they were trying to be dramas, but they... Yeah. I was thinking about a movie with James Garner called Tank. Do you remember that one? No, actually. It, so in the era of like smoking and the bandit and stuff, instead of having to drive fast cars, he's driving a tank. And he's like, try, and I, I can't remember the exact premise of it because it's been so long. But for some reason, he's got to get his, his tank across state lines. But he's driving this old tank. <laughs> but it's so corny. It's like the corniest <laughs> crap. You know, and it's so dumb. And it, it, but but it was like really trying to be like this feel good, uh, have a lot of heart and everything. But I just feel like a lot of those movies, you know, in the seventies, really missed the mark, and they just were just over, cheese overload. Yeah. And in the eighties, I feel like things became, I don't know, maybe a little more cynical. Hmm. But. But then they still managed, and, and okay, so certain ones came to mind, and I actually can't even remember the exact year it came out. But I was thinking of Uncle Buck. Love that movie. Big. I just showed it to my daughter. Like, oh, this did you? Year. Okay, that's she perfect. loved it, man. She loved it. I think about the comedy bits in Uncle Buck, and I wonder about what were what were in the original, which ones were in the original script, and which ones they were just like, we need a giant pancake. <laughs> We need a giant pancake and he's going to flip it with a shovel. <laughs> and like, who came up with this stuff? It's great. And why? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, because a scene like that, that one particularly, if it wasn't in the original script, somebody had to come up, you know, just sometimes you can improvise things. And I assume like a lot of things are improvised in movies like Uncle Buck. Yeah. John Candy he's probably improvising a lot of stuff, but you can't improvise giant pancakes you know it's like get me a giant pancake now <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's huge man <laughs> so so i just wonder about those things but uncle buck is one of those movies where it's like i mean the whole thing is just played for really uncomfortable laughs most of the time you know he left the toilet seats up for the dog <laughs> you know so he's pissing blue now <laughs> <laughs> so, they don't really want enough, him there but he's know, got enough like... water it's okay um <laughs> uh, my family we love so many of his lines in that movie he's like i've been eating cheese i'm like a little i'm like a mouse i just eating cheese all the time he's yep. talking about backing up the toilets <laughs> like... <laughs> and his sister-in-law on the other end of the line is just She's just dying. She just can't believe that this is who she left her her children with. <laughs> right, that part, and she's like, oh, what is "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> but then it manages to have these scenes, and I don't know if it's the script, I don't know if it's the directing, and I don't know if it's just John Candy or if it's all of the above. 
But John Candy nails those moments of he's so torn about going to the racetrack and taking the kids yeah. to the racetrack. Yeah. Whereas a week ago, he probably wouldn't have thought twice about it. He probably just been like, oh, yeah, fun day at the racetracks with the kids. Yeah. They'll love it. <laughs> but now he's 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 grown somehow and, and they, they do it in. Yeah, it's cheesy. It's corny. It's all these things. But. But that's what I mean. It's like like the 80s seem to like find this balance. Yes. Of like, I'm actually enjoying this corny, heartfelt moment. <laughs> Instead of rolling my eyes at it. <laughs> Simon rolling your eyes. <laughs> I always remember his girlfriend's name was Shanice. On Shanice. That. It's a different right. name. Yeah. You know? And uh, yeah. when the neighbor comes over and she's all hot and bothered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jackie from Roseanne. That's I was right. Like, Jackie from Roseanne. She's yeah. <laughs> she was great in that. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I, I think everybody was great. Yeah. I appreciated that John Candy's girlfriend, Shanice, was, you know, she's pretty, but she's not like a supermodel. Right. I right. feel like they just cast people appropriately in that movie. Right. Because sometimes. Like people are too good looking in these Hollywood movies. <laughs> I agree, and you, man. And you just can't believe that they are who they're claiming to be. Yeah, like some suburban middle aged person that is like in the peak of fitness. <laughs> it's like yeah, living in like you know, literally like the Midwest in the suburbs. It's like, but exactly, Uncle Buck's yeah. great because everybody there looks kind of just very regular to me. Yeah, you know, they're exactly. Just very everybody regular looks looking like people. somebody that you would meet. And right. they look like like his girlfriend Shanice. Like I say, she's pretty, she's very wonderful, but she does maybe that's just her excellence as an actress. Yeah. But she does look like somebody who might manage a tire shop. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. She right. gives off that vibe. You know, she's not Gal Gadot playing the tire yeah, shop exactly. manager. You're like, really? I, I don't think yeah. she lives there. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I feel like Uncle Buck on so many levels gets it right. And I don't, you know, because when you when describe that movie to me real quick in like one or two sentences, <laughs> just to, I, I haven't seen it before. Describe Uncle Buck to me. So like Uncle Buck's a movie about relying on family members. You really don't want to be around. In okay, a, that's in a tight great. Situation. That's yeah. Yeah, that's oh. perfect. I mean, that doesn't necessarily sound like an instant classic to me. No, no. <laughs> You know, <laughs> but like the heart is like he you see him growing and especially like with um the daughter and she's out at that party and he goes out there looking for her and stuff. Yep. And like all of a sudden he's taking this fatherly role almost, you know, type of thing. And 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 honestly, the daughter, she's a real bitch for most of the movie, you know. Oh, it's she like, is. But once again, angsty, she's you know? she's very believable as yeah. a 15, 16 you know, you're old. Yeah. Um, she wants to be cool. She wants to be. Yeah. And what's her boyfriend? His boyfriend's name is Bug. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. He was so perfect. Perfect for it. Perfect. I mean, I'm sure he's a real sweetheart in real life. But in that <laughs> movie, he was the perfect, like, lame boyfriend named Bug. Lame. Extremely <laughs> lame Bug. It's like, it's like not going anywhere with this. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah there's <clears throat> there's great dynamics between him and the kids 
Yeah. You know, the two younger kids think Uncle Buck is amazing. <laughs> he's fantastic. He's That's doing right. all this weird stuff. And they're just like, he's a weirdo. We love him. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's little kids, man. He's drying laundry in the microwave. We love this guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. They want to sleep. They want to like be with him. And it's like, Mr. Sandman. I don't yeah. know why I like that part so much. <laughs> because it's so great. I mean, and if you're a parent, you've been there. Yeah. You've been there where you're like putting all the kids to bed yeah. for the fifth time. And finally, <laughs> you're just like, just, just fine. Just sleep here. Just sleep here <laughs> with me. It's fine. I can't do this again. Yeah, we're done here. Yeah. <laughs> but then the dynamic to the teenager is perfect because all yeah. all of us of, of parents of teenagers have been through where your kid, even if you have a great relationship with them, you you still have these either moments or you have these periods of time in which your teenager thinks you are the most ignorant moron on the face of the earth. Right. And and they and they couldn't they can't even imagine a more ignorant <laughs> they just can't imagine it <laughs> you know Simon is speaking from experience my child is just getting into that part of their life soon I will be speaking from experience in the future okay yeah yeah I mean you know my oldest is turning twenty one in a couple of weeks it's crazy and then you know in between her and the and the youngest well the youngest will be 13. So I've got a 21 year old, a 13 and every, and, and then three in between that are all teenagers. You yeah. know what I mean? So <clears throat> I don't think I could be any more into this <laughs> time. You're deeply into it. Yeah. <laughs> and luckily I have a really great relationship with my kids, but you know, but we, like I say, there's still, usually it's just moments, you know, where they just think, Oh yeah. my gosh. How can you be so dumb, Dad? How can you be such an idiot? How can you not know about this? How can you not know about that? And I feel like I'm a pretty hip guy, but I'm not interested in a lot of things. I'm just not. TikTok, zero percent interest. Zero percent. In fact, we're in the negative percentile when it comes to things like TikTok. And it's not that I don't think it's a cool little medium. To be able to like post, you know, some little, I, and I've seen some TikTok skits and stuff like that that people do, I think are pretty ingenious. I think that's pretty great. But to sit there and spend my time, like hours out of your day on this thing? No. I'm like, no, 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 no. You have enough chaos in your life. <laughs> you don't need to add that. Come on. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, it, it's, there's no possible way. I would spend more than five minutes on TikTok. There's just not, there's no possible way. You no. know? No. <laughs> we rather talk about Uncle Buck. That's okay. right. <laughs> you know, another great John Candy. Well, I don't know if you like this movie, but I remember it growing up was The Great Outdoors. I love The Great Outdoors. Like, and with Dan Aykroyd. And I thought that movie had, a, it was funny, but it had a lot of heart, especially towards the end when you kind of, you figure out Dan Aykroyd's family is just fraudulent, essentially. Yeah. He's just a and big like, fraud. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, and he's, yeah, he's been spending John Candy's money <laughs> yeah. and pretending he's got he's got money, and right? Yeah. Family dynamics, man. Family I mean, dynamics. That's really what it, what a lot of these great movies with heart come down to. 
you know, family dynamics. And then, you know, in between, you just have a lot of hijinks. Yeah. John, John Candy getting yanked around on the water ski, you know. The, <laughs> yeah. When I was a kid, that was my favorite scene of the whole movie, the water oh, ski okay. scene. <laughs> you know. As I, I grew older, yeah. I appreciated the other scenes better. Oh, like the 96er? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, Get man. the gristle, too. Yeah. <laughs> And once again, Dan Aykroyd's character just standing right behind him. He's just like, oh, he's got it. No problem, you know, (laughs) but he doesn't have to do it. So he's fine. (laughs) Meanwhile, John Candy's exploding. He's like, (laughs) there's something about a movie where you just watch one person suffer the whole time. Yeah. That I, you know, it's not exactly Passion of the Christ, but you see (laughs) see suffering. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's so much comedy is just based on that watching somebody suffer. It's true. It's very true. I mean, we in that way it, it proves that humanity is sick and twisted There's because a we really enjoy watching people suffer. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's a, it's the great calamity of humans is like there could be this great wonderful philanthropic thing happening over here. But if this person's, you know, falling off the side of a building or something, or somebody pushes them into a wall, they're like, I want to see that. Actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd rather see that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the other movie that immediately came to mind of stupid movies with a lot of heart was Ernest Goes to Camp. Oh, I love that movie. I'm sorry, man. I, my dad and I watched that so many times. I know. We, that was another family favorite growing up. <laughs> We love Ernest. So I good. I mean, he's such a good person. Um, yeah, you know, his imagination goes yeah. goes awry sometimes, and he talks. You know, he can't back up a lot of the stuff that he's saying. You know, and he makes up a lot of stuff. You can call him a perpetual liar. Is really what he is, <laughs> right? You know, <laughs> but he's doing it out of just wanting to be friends and. That's the thing. The heartfelt moment in that in that show when he actually sings a song. It is so dumb. Yeah. What it's like how could we take the stupidity of this movie to the umpteenth level? It's like, well, we're going to have Ernest <laughs> sing a song. Right. <laughs> but it's such a good song. I know. <laughs> I know. And he, do- and he does a really great job and you really feel emotions for this guy. Yes. I mean, there's a horrible, horrible line in it. And when I say horrible, I just mean tear jerking. When he says, um, <clears throat> what they wanted was a hero. All I needed was a friend. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, oh, it's just so, here's like, oh man, just gut me, Ernest. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and he went on to have a series of many other movies that I watched all of them too. Oh, man. <laughs> I have unfortunately watched most of them, I think. I, yeah. I, I, I don't think I watched all of them, but the only two that I can honestly go back to are, are Camp and uh, Goes to Jail. Yeah. <laughs> and Goes to Jail is just stupid. It's not It's not nearly as good as I Ernest know. Goes it's to def- Camp. It, camp it's not even good. the same no. playing field, but it's at least semi-watchable. Yeah. Whereas most of them, 
They're not watchable. It's not. They're not. <laughs> You've got to be objective about this. <laughs> yeah, they're not. No. I mean, it was a whole series of good things. You know what I just watched? Literally, I was like, I haven't watched <clears> this movie in like 20 years. And I watched it the other day was Summer School. And uh, I used to love that movie, man, when I Who's was in growing that? up. I'm trying to remember. Uh, gosh, Mark. I think the lead guy is Mark Harmon or something like that. Some Gosh. Uh, there's not a lot of recognizable people in that yeah. show, but you know, it's all I'm these kind of like it. misfits who have to go to summer school. Yeah. And he doesn't really want to be their teacher, but he, he gets his heart because he ends up being a significant part of their lives over the mm. summer yeah. and helping them pass these tests and stuff like that. He teaches one girl how to drive, you know. He helps another guy like with cooking or whatever. It's just like all these things. And he actually becomes a decent teacher. Uh, for, this sounds really familiar. It's actually I, really good, but stupid at the same time. You know? Yeah. But it totally follows that 80s, a lot of hijinks, a lot of jokes, but then also follows uh, this this heart at the end. Like they're getting uh, Kirstie Alley's in it. That's that's the one recognizable person. Okay. Yeah, she plays the teacher who's actually good at her job. She doesn't suck, you know. So, (laughs) (laughs) and it's in like California. It's on the beach there and stuff. It's like a whole thing. Um, I was like, oh, summer school. I haven't watched that in forever, man. You know. Man, it sounds like one of these like exploitation movies you know <laughs> you have to watch it simon and see like, yeah, okay, I, was like I can see go, you watching it being and... like okay you know yeah <laughs> all right <laughs> you know I, I feel like we constantly surprise each other with what we actually like yeah. or enjoy because and you know there's no accounting for taste no there really isn't <laughs> you know because no. Like on on my daily, I'm not really watching a lot. I don't watch a yeah. lot, um, but I'll listen to things as I'm just going through. So, give you for instance, I'm subscribed to a Shakespeare YouTube channel. Of course and, you are. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, they post all these uh, awesome old film versions of Shakespeare with these, you know, legendary Shakespearean actors, and you know, most of them are like old enough to be in black and white and stuff like that. And maybe they're like old BBC productions and things like that. And you don't necessarily have to watch, you know, you can just listen. In fact, in fact, they post some radio, old radio productions of, uh, of one, one that I really enjoyed recently was, uh, an old Orson Welles, uh, uh, which one was it? Anyway, my mind is so bad at thinking of things, but <laughs> an old Orson Welles radio production. Yeah. Well, I have one Shakespeare title in my head and I can't get it out of my head to get the other title to come forward. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, it doesn't matter, but, but it's a wonderful production. And, and once again, you just have to listen to it. So I just enjoy listening to those things when I'm in the car and stuff like that. I don't jam to, you know, loud music and stuff like that when I'm driving around. Uh, I like to listen to lectures or Shakespeare, you know, when I'm just (laughs) Shakespeare in the car with Simon. (laughs) So if somebody hears that, you know, that's what I'm listening to on my daily, then they'll be maybe a little bit surprised to find out that I love Ernest Goes to Camp. I think it's genius. I love (laughs) 
you know, Uncle Buck. I love the great outdoors. I think these movies are fantastic. Literally. I don't think they are great works that compare with Shakespeare. Sure. I just think they are things that are attempting to do something and they succeed at what they're attempting to do. And to me, that's success. Yeah. You know, uh, no, normally, you know, sometimes people are just not attempting to do anything I'm interested in. <laughs> that does happen. Happens a lot now, actually. Yeah. Like more than ever now, there's yeah. a lot of things I'm not interested in. I'm like, eh, it's not good. Well, there's so much stuff out now. Yeah. I mean, we, we've kind of talked about it before, how it's like, man, you, you used to wait for months for that movie to come yeah. out. And then when that movie came out, you had to wait months and months longer for it to come out on VHS. And then you could rent it, you know, and you only had it for, you know, a night or two. Right. And, uh, you know, so, but now we're just oversaturated. It's like, oh, is it streaming on something? No. Okay. We'll just rent it on Amazon. Just stream, you know, or whatever yeah. your, your choice is, you know, and easy, you know, and sometimes it's cheaper to buy something than to rent it. Right. You know, it's like, I told you, I showed my kids the original Alien movie recently. Yes. When I, yes. When I looked it up to rent it on Amazon, it was like a dollar more to buy it. And I was like, <laughs> oh, well, just, just, just buy, buy it real it. quick. Yeah. So now, now we own Alien. Yeah. My kids really liked it, by the way. That's awesome. Because <laughs> I love that movie. And I was actually, I love Aliens, too. Because my dad, my Aliens, too. It is, too, but it's Aliens. Aliens, <laughs> like, yeah. But my dad and I have such... I have such fondness watching that movie with my dad because we would just like do all the quotes to the movie and stuff like that. Especially yeah. Bill Paxton's parts. We were just like crushing those parts all the time, you know. I love the original Alien because they're not stupid people. No. It's a, yeah, things go wrong, but they're not they're not um they're not fighters. You know, they're they're working on a commercial. They're basically space truckers. Right. Is what they, or, right. or I guess you can think of them as like um, cargo freight, you yeah. know, shippers, you it's know, like the manual intergalactic cargo shippers. A, yeah, yeah. I mean, so they're not, you know, so it's almost like the equivalent of what's that Tom Hanks movie? He captain something where, where they. The pirates. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, Captain Phillips or something like something that. Something like that. Yeah, something yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It's like he's not equipped for this. He's just no. the captain of a cargo freighter. He's not military. He's not anything. And that, yeah. that's kind of what this alien movie is. It's just instead of pirates, it's it's an alien. Yeah. But I appreciate that everybody's just doing their best, and um, yeah, it has some of what have become the classic tropes of don't go in that room alone. Yeah. Kind of a thing, you know, but a good thing they did go in alone or else all the rest would be dead too, you know? Right. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> but it also has a really strong female protagonist in Sigourney Weaver, but she's not a superhero. And it feels like most all the female protagonists in mo mo movies that we see today, they're all superheroes. Yeah. They all just kick butt. And she doesn't kick butt. I mean, she does, yeah. but she doesn't because I mean, she just she she scared the whole. Oh man! I mean, Scorny Weaver's just great in that movie because oh. she is so strong. She's such a good leader. 
but she's not perfect and she has to think her way through problems and uh and while she's doing so she's scared out of her mind that's right and it's and it's so great to see that level of acting and characterization on screen and you see what a strong in this case female but it doesn't have to be female but just a strong human is and i feel like all those characters do in one way or another i forget the name of the he's the only black guy in the crew yeah i know I'm blanking on about. his name yeah now. but you know he's very heroic you know he 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 dies a hero in that in yeah. that movie and even though he's talking a lot of crap throughout the whole <laughs> he sure thing, is. he's talking a lot of trash about people, <laughs> you know, but you see that this guy's a genuine hero, but once again, not invincible. He doesn't do no. cool action scenes and stuff like that. <laughs> he's just really brave. Right. He's really brave. And he stands up against the Android. Then he stands up against the alien and he's, He's a brave, brave dude. Yeah. I, anyway, I just love movies like that. I love movies where it's just people, man. They're just, yeah, people, it's just people trying to do the right thing. Right. They're not, again, like it's not like the most beautiful person or people. You know, it's a ragtag bunch of people. Yeah. It's just not like, <laughs> I hate to say this, it's not like the Expendables or something where everybody's ripped and they're a former action hero. Oh, man. And everybody's like famous. It's just like, I can't get over the fact that you're that person. I, this is not believable to me. Like, exactly. Like, <laughs> you know, like. Well, it, the big, you know, one of the biggest problems with something like the Expendables is that they're called the Expendables, but it turns out nobody's expendable because everybody lives through the whole right. thing. <laughs> When that movie was advertised, I thought it was going to be a Magnificent Seven right. you know, kind of a movie. Or uh, what, what's the what's the military one where they all, the, the Dirty Dozen. Yeah, yeah. Just like everybody dies. <laughs> Not in this And one. that's what I thought The Expendables was going to be. I thought it was going to be like a real suicide mission where yeah. everybody just dies. And maybe, maybe the one guy makes it out, you know, so that he yeah. can assemble a new team for the next movie or something like that. <laughs> But yeah, I was really disappointed that in all these yeah. movies, it's like, yeah, everybody just kind of keeps living. No problem. <laughs> it's basically a dude's weekend. <laughs> <It's> yeah, like- <laughs> I guess I guess it wasn't quite a suicide mission after all, I guess. Uh, what's that guy say on his, um, the guy who does the, he plays the producer and the writer in the YouTube videos. What, screen? Mm. And it, he says he's, oh, Super easy, barely an inconvenience. Do you know that guy? No, no. He's got a YouTube channel. He does these great skits. Oh, okay. It's a it's a pitch meeting. I think that's what it's called. Pitch oh, meeting. Oh, okay. Okay. And it's a writer pitching a movie to the producer. It's always a movie that's already come out. Yeah. But and in pitching the the movie, you know, they show like how ridiculous oftentimes <laughs> these these movies are. And that's what it's trying to do, is poking fun yeah. at how silly and ridiculous these little plot points are and how nonsensical most movies, at least at parts, are. And uh, anyway, that's what it turns out in, in Expendables. Yeah, super easy. Barely an inconvenience for them to just you know, live through this whole thing. 
Yeah, just blow everything up and shoot everybody. No problem. <laughs> They're like, this is what the audience wants. Yeah. Like, nobody wants to see Sly die in a movie. I guess. I don't know. I, I wouldn't I'd be mind. fine with it, honestly. I wouldn't mind <laughs> like, at all. You know what I was going to say, as you said about the oversaturation, and I wanted to come back to this specifically because I was just recently in a conversation with someone. We were talking about this, is that in the past you would seek out stuff because there wasn't a lot of content. But now, instead yeah. of seeking, we're just filtering through oh, stuff. Oh, man, that's, that's perfect. Right? Yeah. It's, instead of, se- like, <clears throat> when we were growing up, we were seeking. When is yep. this coming out? How long is this going to take? Uh, what's good out there? Now it's just like, I mean, it's just so much. Like, you used to wait years for a superhero movie to come out. Oh. Now you're deciding which superhero movie you're going to watch. It's yeah. Like, you know, this like, month. Uh, because this yeah. month we've got two or three or whatever. You know, yeah. it's like. yeah. And it's too much. It really is. It know? is too I mean, much. I mean, and, and and these, like Marvel, they're feeling it. They're it's feeling like, it. It's like whoops, we oversaturated. Oh, they're putting out really bad movies too. Unless um, like they they've they've overextended themselves. Uh, you know what it is? I think also I heard this. You can only optimize something so much before it becomes bad. At some point, it's kind of like I see this. I know we're getting on a tangent here, but this is what we do. No, it's okay? great. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. In society, we're trying, to, in my opinion, to over-optimize convenience for people. Mm. So we're trying to make things as convenient as possible. I think there's a point where there's too much convenience. And I think we're seeing this to bring it to what we're talking about in movies and streaming. We're almost making it too convenient to have uh, content. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what point does that diminish the product? I already think we're seeing the product being diminished big time because of that. And it's so competitive out there because people want to see we're seeing this in every industry right. it used to be in in clothing retail that you had your your summer fashion your fall fashion your winter your spring well now customers want to see new stuff every week they want to see new stuff every time they come into the shop right and if they don't see new stuff every time they come to the shop they just go online and they buy it online so the brick and mortar uh, stores are going away um, because of exactly what you said, it, it, you know, we, we don't want to have to search for something. We want to just filter it. Yeah. We want to just, we, <laughs> instead of spending all that time trying to find something, we just want to hit the filter in the search engine to say, find me this. Basically we want to use AI for everything. Yes. We want to tell the AI, uh, find me this and, and have it find it for us. Um, but to your point, you know, uh, it, it remind. I thought of cooking. Okay. Eat something, eat, eat a slice of bread or a cookie that's been baked without salt. Yes. And then eat it with too much salt. And it's like, <laughs> my sister, one time she made these beautiful Irish soda bread, these braided loaves, and they looked straight out of a cookbook when they came out of the oven and then you took a bite and I don't know where her head was, <laughs> but instead of adding two teaspoons to this double batch of whatever, you know, the Irish soda bread, uh, of salt, she added two tablespoons. Oh, it tastes like homemade Play-Doh. Mm. I was like, well, maybe some jam or something, you know, I was yeah. like, no, it was inedible. You just had to throw them away. You just, you just can't do it. And I feel like that's what we're finding 
with what, what you just said. Most of what's being thrown at us through Netflix, what have you, it's inedible. It's inedible. Yes. But they, but they keep throwing the content out there because they know that we want to see new content every time we go on Netflix. Yeah. Even though we haven't watched everything in our queue. <laughs> it's true. You know, it's so true. We got like 50 things in our queue that we haven't watched, <laughs> but we still want to find something new on there. And so we'll watch the latest thing that they threw at us and we find out that it was completely inedible. Wow. <laughs> actually, that was Simon. That was like perfect, man. Totally true. And I actually was telling this to Michelle the other day. I said, why are there so many bad series and sh movies on these platforms. And to your point, that's what it is. It's become a puppy mill, an assembly line. Doesn't have to be that good. Just just give them a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And then every once in a while, you come across something you're like, whoa, Midnight Mass comes through. You know, there, like, oh, yeah. Wow, what was that? Like, but that's so rare. It's so rare. It's just uh, we've over-optimized our viewing, and we're over-optimizing cooking. Now we have a, a generation of people who literally don't know how to cook anything at no. this point. They literally don't know how to cook. It's like crazy. Parents we're, out there, the one of the best favors you can ever do for your children is make them make dinner. Yes, seriously, most and, definitely. And, you know, you have to you have to be there with them. You have to cook it. But then right. they get to a point where you just say, "Hey." You know, I'll tell my kids all the time, hey, you're in charge of dinner tonight. Yep. And maybe they don't make the most delicious food, <laughs> but it's edible. It's edible because they know how to do it. They Needs know how to edible. cook. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and I can trust them in the kitchen. I can trust every single one of my kids. I can say, hey, make this real quick, you know, and they can do it. Yeah. So maybe viewing is worse now because... We're just giving people too many options, and a lot of the options are just inedible. Uh, yeah. Which is when we were growing up, it was like the buildup like to something. It was like, this movie's coming out in six months, and by the way, there's not a lot of other options coming out in six months either. Yeah. And the studios would ramp up towards this one big thing and really pull you into it. You know, and, it's like, and even your options about hearing about things. Yeah. Yes. You, you know, you had to go to the magazine stand. Yeah. You, had, you know, you to, like find these like industry magazines to find out what's what's happening, whether whether it's in in video games or movies or what what have you. You'd actually have to go to the magazine stand yeah. and be like, "Hey, uh, here's some stuff that's coming out," and that's how you'd find out about things. Now you can't turn on your computer without things flashing at you. This yes. is coming. This is coming. This is yes. coming. You can't go to a website to read an art, a news article without all these flash, you know, uh, clips coming up and being interrupted by all these things and having to close all these different boxes just to be able <laughs> to read what you clicked on there for. Yeah. And most of the stuff, it's just, I mean, I don't want to sound like a snob there. And I, I really don't, but, 99% of the stuff, <laughs> I get made fun of because I don't know about things that okay. apparently the rest of the world knows about. My kids were trying to tell me about uh, dance moms. 
Oh, I don't know this. I don't know anything about dance moms. I don't know it either. But apparently it's, it's you know, dance moms is a, <clears throat> a big thing. <clears throat> and I should know these names that they're talking about. And I was like, I'm sorry. And they told me what it is. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just not interested. And they're like, Dad, why aren't you interested? <laughs> I'm like, I, here's my problem with reality TV in general. I don't really enjoy watching idiots be idiots. <laughs> Unless it's a really talented actor who's right. pretending to be an idiot and they're doing a really great job. <laughs> but there's a difference, right? There's a difference between watching somebody who in real life is just not an interesting person. Yeah. And yet you've given them this platform. Why? I agree. Why are these people getting these platforms to not be interesting on? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> I don't get it either. <laughs> so I really don't get it either. So anyway, uh <laughs> no, but it's an over optimization of stuff. Like, and the same thing, I mean, I'm not gonna get on this, but like for you and I, we've been out of this game forever. But but I talk to a lot of people who are do like dating apps and stuff. We've over optimized dating. We've made oh, yeah. it very easy to meet people, but we've made it inedible to have something significant with someone. Mm. Almost at this point, because they're like, well, I have a date every day. No problem. <laughs> like, yeah. you, know, oh, you actually man. had to work to get a date. It That's was hard. True. So now it's like I can have I've had friends who like literally had like dates every day of the week. Right. I have a lot mm. of single friends, but they're like the quality is so low. It's yeah. so low. So they're like get very so disenfranchised with, with it. Right. So they've over optimized the convenience of dating. So then like dating is worse, but the the opportunity to date is easier than ever. But the product's not good. So we're that's, doing this with everything in life. Like literally so we're interesting. trying to do it. It right? really is. It's it's it, um I can't imagine ever going on a dating app. I mean, no. even, even <laughs> if I was single again. I, <clears throat> and maybe Maybe I'm too old fashioned in that way, you know, but I just can't imagine it. I just, yeah, I want to bump into somebody and be like, hey, what's your Of course what's, you what's do, Simon. You know, I do. That's <laughs> like, what I want to do. Uh, see, I met yeah. my wife through Match.com back in oh, 2003. Now, but this was wow. a different time, though. That, that, this is yeah. when no one was doing it. It was a very, it was a startup phase of yeah. online dating. It was like you didn't know anyone who was doing that mm -hmm. back then. And I was my mom convinced me to do it because I was I literally told her that's for losers. You meet people, you don't meet people like that. <laughs> I was like, wow. I, ate, I ate those words. You just called your your wife a loser. Yeah, I did. <laughs> she knows the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, it's not the current version of dating app, which is literally a slot machine, is how it works essentially. Yeah. And it's okay. just literally date per day. I mean, you can go on literally as many dates as you want in a day. How it is? It's just the quality is yeah. low. For that, yeah. Whenever I think of those apps, I just think of them as like a booty call. Yeah, you know, yeah, just, exactly. But I, I'm sure there's a lot of very sincere people out there who are looking. Right. There, there are people like you back in 2003 sure. who are trying to find, you know, yeah. a, a genuine relationship with somebody. But I, I feel like because of the oversaturation, they, it's got the reputation now and yes. the expectation now of being a booty a, a booty call. Yes, yes. We've over-optimized it. I'm telling you, this is like everything. And I just, like, movies to me have reached a peak in shows of, like, atrocity. 
I was like, yeah. when's the last time you went to the movie theaters and you were really excited about something you wanted to see? I mean, it's I'm, like. It's been a long time. Actually, the last time that I was like really excited for something. Yeah. Was uh, when they started doing Star Wars again. Yeah. And I saw that Han was coming back. Luke's coming back. Um, I had realistic expectations that they were going to utilize the younger cast more. But I still went in with hopes of something great, really, honestly. And I left the first one feeling like, okay. I mean, honestly, I was sitting there in the theater going, really? They're really doing this? <laughs> because, you know, it was, as everybody knows, it's just a retread of episode yes. four. Yes. So that's all it is. And I, and I couldn't believe it while I was watching it, but I, I actually still enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I know everybody likes to hate Ray, that character. Yeah, yeah. Because she's a Mary Sue. But I actually thought she was great. I really did. I, and I'm not saying that the writing of the story was good or that right, she should have right. been sure. great at everything the way that she was, you know. But I thought the, the base character and the actress who played her, I thought they were, they were good. I thought they were very good. And, and I was only really disappointed that she won the fight with Kylo Ren. Right. I thought she should have really lost that fight. She should have lost it big time. <laughs> and she should have just been saved. Right. By Chewie and the Millennium Falcon. You know, that that should have been the only thing that saved her. Other than that, I was like, I'm okay with everything else. It's fine. Then, as you know. Yes. (laughs) We know where it went for you, Simon. (laughs) It was inedible for Simon. Gosh. (laughs) I can't tell you how excited I was. The part of the reason of my hatred for um, The Last Jedi, that movie, is how excited I was for it. Mm. I mean, as I've told you before, when I was a kid, Luke Skywalker, I, I he was like my number one movie hero. Yeah. And I idolized, I, not idolized, but I just really loved Luke Skywalker. I just loved everything about him. And I and to this day, in, in the original trilogy of Star Wars, I still think he's one of the best heroes we've ever had on screen. I, I still think that to this day. So imagine my disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> this one really gets to you. I feel it. Man. Oh, man. I, I could write a, a trilogy of books on how much this gets to me. <laughs> There's something deep in here for you. <laughs> it's very deep, Simon. <laughs> I could write a trilogy of books that would make The Lord of the Rings look like a pamphlet. <laughs> a all pamphlet? About, <laughs> all about how much I hate <laughs> what they did to my Luke Skywalker. My Luke Skywalker. My Luke Skywalker. <laughs> The thing that Marvel got right was that it realized, up until Infinity War, I'm going to say, is it realized that these characters belong to the fans. Yeah. 
So you can you can criticize Marvel all you want for fan service, but that's the point of these movies. These characters belong to the fans who love them and support them. That's something that Mr. Ryan Johnson had no clue about. I feel the tension here with you. Oh, man. <laughs> like, it's visceral, man. <laughs> it's it like, is visceral. It's so it's on the very surface. very visceral. It's like, you, I knew, I knew, and you know what's funny? I knew where this was going, too. I said, oh, Simon's here going he on me. Here he <laughs> goes. Star Wars rant, man. Like, talk about an edible. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, man. See, but see, they tried to over-optimize people's love for Star Wars. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, let's just go, just do the prequels. And let's do all the spinoffs. And let's do all, everything's a spinoff. Everything's a, another thing. Oh, the Batman, let's make a penguin spinoff. Oh, let's do this. Oh, it's gosh, like, whether yeah. you want to see it or not, it's coming out. Because yeah. it's, it's basically just a post in because a long form of a movie. Yeah. It's just oh, content. Man. That's what, all it is. What you said right there, it's just a post. It's just a post. These movies are the equivalent of a of a Facebook post. <laughs> right. And they're just trying to get likes. And those likes happen to be dollars, you know. I mean, yeah. that's what they're trying to do. That is perfect. I haven't I haven't heard a more perfect analogy of all the movie content right. that's coming out other than that. That's yeah. Remember that, it. man. It's true. It. It's just a post and you think why are they making this movie? Why are they making this series? It's just a post, literally. Yeah. And you think, because when you're us, though, you think it's a big deal. You go, oh, it's movie and stuff. But the people today are like, eh, it's a spinoff. It's just, you know, maybe I'll watch it. Maybe I won't. Eh, it's just a post. Continuing my Star Wars rant. <laughs> <laughs> Brought it back. <laughs> well, what I'm going to say is that the original Star Wars trilogy is a filmmaker with passion. Yes. Who is busting his butt to get a movie made. And he has a vision and he has a team of collaborators that are helping him to get his vision made. And he has a movie studio that's taking a chance on this young up and coming filmmaker to to create this vision. Now skip ahead to the last three that we got with the, the Ray yeah. trilogy. What is behind the making of those movies? We are the Disney Corporation. We bought Lucasfilm for $400 billion Crazy. or some, yeah. some obnoxious amount. So we have to create content. Content. Is that is the motivation behind the making of these movies. And with that kind of motivation, it should be no surprise to us that they were unable to capture the magic of the first trilogy. Now, if Disney had bought the rights to Lucasfilm and then found that young up-and-coming filmmaker with a vision to say, I can do something with Star Wars. Here's my vision for it. We, we'd be having a totally different conversation Completely, right Totally, totally different. different. We have literally identified what's happening. 
<laughs> right now. <laughs> we've we've identified the disease. <laughs> the, the, the Marvel issue. movies that have worked, I feel like, have been directors with a vision. Yes. They're like, I can do something with this. Mm-hmm. I think of the Russo brothers with Captain yes. America. Yes. They're like, ooh, we can do something interesting with this. And yeah, it has some of the pitfalls of a of a you know a Marvel movie. Uh, but they're just, you know, they had those guys have a you know, when they do a project, they have a vision for that project. They do. They're not churning out content. They have a vision and they're and they're really going for it. Right. Then you have Taika Waititi. <laughs> Come on, man. Let's. <laughs> I love him. He's got a new movie coming out. I think it's oh, like a soccer he? movie. <laughs> I think. I, yeah, I think it's going to be great. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be, you know, the next classic. Right. I just think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a lot of laughs. And I think it's yeah. probably going to have a lot of heart. Yeah. I think Taika Waititi is a filmmaker with that kind of capability. He can right. make those old 80s movies. Yes. That are dumb, silly, made for laughs, but then they have moments within them that really make your eyes moist. You know, yeah. they really do. Yeah. They're just like, wow, I wasn't ready to feel to, you know, feel some heart pangs, yeah. you know, in this ridiculous, stupid comedy. I wasn't ready to see Thor Love and Thunder and turn it off. I mean, oh, I was, man. <laughs> <laughs> and we talk. I know we. If you go back, this is in the archives. We discussed yep. the movie, yep. not, but to me, it's just another example of just like even sometimes great movie directors get caught in this content. Um, oh yeah, this this barrage of content. Whether I don't know whether it's because the studios are telling them, or they're just caught up in the age we're in. But um, I'm frankly, I'm just pretty tired of it, honestly. And uh, I just, I really am. I just don't want. I don't need all this content. I need quality. You know, I'm going to accuse Taika Waititi of something that um, a director who directed me in, in when I was in college uh, in theater accused me of. And it's hubris. Mm. Thor Love and Thunder is a perfect example of hubris. It's like, yeah, let's just tell a bunch of jokes. Let's just improvise. Yeah. Let's just have a lot of fun. And it just really felt like the effort wasn't there to make a great movie. Yeah. And I I could be totally wrong about it, but when I compare it to his other movies that I liked so much, right, Run for me the too. World of People, Jojo Rabbit, I think they have a similar level of humor to them. But this effort went into... I mean, how many people, I, I can't even tell you how many people who, who told me that they left Jojo Rabbit in tears. You know, that, that movie is silly movie where right. Adolf Hitler's your imaginary best friend. <laughs> right. I mean, this is not a movie no. that you would even expect to get made. But I feel like, I, I don't know the film company who, who took a chance on it, but I feel like they took a chance. They said, you know what, let's take a chance on this guy. Um, he's, he's, he's a brilliant guy. And I feel like Marvel did that with the first Thor the movie. The first one. Like, Let's yes. take a chance on Taika Waititi. Let's see right. what he does. 
And he came in and he just seemed to have a real vision. And yes. it was hilarious. It was good, I think it's, man. I think it's the funniest Marvel movie we've had. It was had. really good, man. I think it's funnier than any of the Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. movies or anything like that. I think it's genuinely really funny. And it's genuinely still a good Thor movie. Agreed. Like, really good. Agreed. So he found that balance in the other one. Oh, it's just the balance was so off. It was way off. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I mean, it, it was, was disgustingly bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. It was. It was just. It was like it was like watching <laughs> a mediocre improv group. Yeah. With a with a hundred million special effects budget. <laughs> You know, <laughs> right? I mean, you have like you know Natalie Portman, and I was like, "Wow, oh, she's usually pretty good. What is this?" Like, she's amazing. Like, what is this? <laughs> like, Natalie Portman's an amazing actress, and I think right? she can do comedy. I think she could have been really funny in that movie, actually. Yeah, but I just, just feel like oof. they just mm. made her dumb. Right? You have Christian Bale. I mean, you have literally Christian Bale in the movie. It's crazy. Christian Bale's one of our generation's greatest actors. Right. So those those are some of my big issues. So I, and that's my big issue with Star Wars too. When you waste <laughs> talent, no, seriously, you waste talent. Of, Don't waste. Of course. It. Yeah. Don't waste Luke Skywalker. Don't waste Christian Bale. Don't waste their time and their talent. Yes on something mediocre because when Christian Bale looks at it and he says, Oh, I'm going to work with Taika Waititi. That's going right. to be great. I'm going to be this villain. What is he? Gore, the God. The, yeah. I mean, how cool. Uh, yeah. Right. I mean, I, I'm going to go around killing gods. Uh, no, actually you're not. All that's going to happen off screen. We're never <laughs> yes. going to see any of it. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> the best part about this whole thing is we never waste our talent. Ever. <laughs> never. And I know never. you're going to be seething about Star Wars forever. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'll, it'll never end. Forever. Never end. Forever. <laughs> no, and that's going to be on my tombstone. Hated the last Jedi. <laughs> just something about you that changes. Once you start talking about it, the whole, just the face, everything. Oh, just, yeah. You start it's like going a Jekyll deep. Hyde situation. Yeah. This e- this easygoing you yeah. know, uh, Simon becomes <laughs> just this vengeful, s- violent, disgusted, <laughs> just, violent. <laughs> just spitting on the grave of Ryan Johnson, <laughs> just pissing on the ashes of just that poor man, <laughs> just, <laughs> that poor sweet man who I just uh. am trying to turn everybody against <laughs> Simon. <laughs> Uh, this crew never wastes our talent, and uh, it's never a waste of time to speak with you, Simon, ever. Yeah, so. good good luck. I mean, you're coming up on your move here. Yeah. You, you've got a couple of weeks or what? Well, we got five weeks until we actually roll out of here. So, okay. you know, we got a couple more episodes here in Washington and uh, all right, all right, Washington, all right. Alabama. You know, I the, like your white. Solid you know, white. Somebody else's, you know, is Airbnb. We'll see what it looks like in Colorado in my new house. We'll see. Yeah. But right now, you look like you're in the cleanest room you've ever been in. Well, you know, <laughs> listen, it's, I don't have all this hate in my heart about stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it's so clean. I'm losing it on Star Wars. Heavenly <laughs> palace of I good know. feelings and goodwill. Just, I'm in the fortress of solitude right now. <laughs> 
Simon, you're the man. I always enjoy our time. Seriously, it's it's also always literally a great time. You're an awesome friend, and uh, I'm going to be closer to you in Colorado. So I'm going to fly into Nashville That's at right. some point, and we're going to meet That's each right. other, and hopefully it doesn't break up the team, okay? I know. <laughs> be severely disappointed You're with like, each other in real life. Uh, We're gonna find we... out that we catfished each other. Yes, <laughs> like, ah, I'm like, I'll be at your house and be like, "Can we be in separate rooms and do this?" Like, I just yeah. recreate this whole thing. <laughs> that is something we need to do. We need to be like same room episode at yeah, some point. Same we... room episode. That yeah. would be amazing. That would be sick, actually. <laughs> Simon, thank you so much, man. Talk to you next time. Thank you. Talk to you soon.